On this bonus episode of Indie Thinker, we look at the woke invasion of American pastors and why it matters to you. All right, before we go any further, I want to make sure to recognize our sponsor, Element Funding and the Kevin Blair team. They are your one-stop shop for all your real estate mortgage needs. So check them out and make sure that you fill out an application today. All right, thanks so much for joining us for this bonus episode of Indie Thinker. And before we go any further, I just want to say that I believe that I'm going to be speaking about something today that is specifically interesting to Christians, but has much more broad implications for everybody listening, because I think what happens in America's pulpits and America's churches is an indication of what's going on in society. So when we find it more and more difficult to have conversations with people uh, within the context of the church alone, I think it does serve as a great example of why we may be having difficulty having fact-based conversations with people in society. So um, the best way I can think maybe to explain this is with a principle. It's called cognitive dissonance. Now, I want to explain it to you just because I think it's very helpful. Cognitive dissonance is the idea that you can hold two conflicting ideas or maybe have a conflicting behavior with a conflicting belief. And so uh, with that being the case, people practice cognitive dissonance a lot. So think about it this way. If you're a smoker and you know smoking will kill you, but you really like smoking so you don't stop, that would be considered cognitive dissonance because what you like is obviously and at face value and logically way less important than what will kill you. But if you're still doing what you what you like, even though you know it will kill you, then you're practicing cognitive dissonance. There's a disconnect between those two things. And so many, many people are having conversations now about very emotional topics. Uh, that's just the name of the game with the world that we live in today. And I find more and more that those conversations conversations are had with as little rationale and with as little logic as possible. And this is happening in Christian churches among major pastors like David Platt. Now, if you don't know who David Platt is, David Platt is the pastor of McLean Bible Church. It's in Virginia. And it's got about 16,000 members, so he's got a huge church. He is the author of a great book that, that I read and that I really enjoyed all the way through uh, called Radical. Uh, for, in evangelical circles, it was very, very well known. And recently, David Platt has been issuing some kind of confusing messaging or at least different messaging than you might expect to come from a guy like David Platt. Um, and I think it serves us well to kind of dig into the things that he's saying so that we can really unearth earth the truth, because at the end of the day, people's opinion matters way less than what is true. So I want to share a little bit with you of what's been coming from his pulpit. So the first place I want to start with that is uh, the Gospel Coalition. I believe it's a podcast called Gospel Bound. Uh, David Platt was on this podcast, and he had some things to say that I thought were a great illustration of kind of what is happening in our culture, what's happening to uh, American pastors, what's happening to the Christian church, and positions that people are taking that don't bear the scrutiny of logic. So uh, you'll get that impression right here with this clip. Here's a sober dose of biblical reality from Platt in the book. Quote, Even if we lose every freedom and protection we have as followers of Jesus in the United States, and even if our government were to become a completely totalitarian regime, we could still live an abundant life as long as we didn't look to political leaders, platforms, or policies for our ultimate security and satisfaction. Okay, 
Now, that quote was considered by this man a sober dose of biblical reality. Now, like most things, I want to nuance here. So on the one hand, if you can't be satisfied with Jesus in a free country like America or in a jail cell, then you're not truly finding your, your ultimate satisfaction in Christ. You should be able to find satisfaction in God no matter your circumstance. But something else is also true that needs to be said. If you are in the process of a government that is increasingly becoming more and more totalitarian, or you are part of a totalitarian regime, and as a Christian, you do nothing and say nothing, you are not a Christian. You are certainly not operating as a Christian. You are operating as a coward. So you need to be able to lift your voice, and I can give you scripture verse upon scripture verse and scripture story upon scripture story to prove this point. You need to look no further than the prophets who withstood kings to their faces. But I want to give you a, a character in history that I think really serves this principle well. So there's a guy named Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Some of you may be familiar with him. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a Christian theologian, uh, fantastic person. You got to read uh, his book, uh, The Cost of Discipleship. And you need to, to read it for, for a multitude of reasons, not the least of which uh, is his kind of definition of what cheap grace really is. But anyway, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was a person who is known notoriously in history, and notorious is a good thing, by the way, uh, if you really look up the definition, notoriously in history for being somebody who joined others in a plot to assassinate Hitler. Now, you may ask yourself, how can a Christian be a part of a plot to assassinate Hitler? Here's how that happens. Because he's a Christian, and because Hitler was a tyrant, and because Christians need to stand up for justice, and doing the right thing demands that we sometimes take these kind of actions. And so that's how Dietrich Bonhoeffer was able to justify standing up against Hitler, because Hitler was doing horrible, atrocious things to Jews and to other people that needed to be stopped. And he felt like the only thing he could do in good conscience was to stop Hitler, to resist Hitler at all costs. And so Dietrich Bonhoeffer withstood Hitler to the face and was assassinated or killed as, an attempt, uh, as a result of his attempt on Hitler's life. Um, so I, there, there is historical precedent for this kind of thing, not only in the prophets, but in people like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, that as a Christian, we have an obligation to stand up against governments who go the opposite direction of Scripture, not just to simply state that we're satisfied in God, no matter our circumstance. Yes, I think that's at face value true, but we need to nuance that a little bit further and just say, yes, we are okay no matter the circumstance, because God is sufficient, but God is also so sufficient and so good and so real in my life that circumstances do demand a response from con good conscience Christians. All right, so let's go a little bit further. I want to show you one last thing here. So when I talk with followers of Jesus who would say, okay, but I would still vote for a democratic candidate because, and the example I use in the book is, uh, Someone saying, I don't think the presidential election is what's going to be the biggest determinant in saving children's lives in the womb. Now, at that point, a number of people would say, but it is. So that's a good discussion that we should have. But it's possible to say, I, I was talking the other day with somebody who said, um, and so this is specific to Northern Virginia and the state of Virginia, but who said they are zealously pro-life and that's why they are voting for uh, Joe Biden. And 
I was like, okay, help me out. Like, <laughs> help me unpack that. And they said, well, because they believe that the, so we had a midterm election in Virginia where everything went toward, uh, like the governor, all the legislature is democratic. And there have been all kinds of moves that have been made to make abortion much more accessible, much more prevalent. All right. So we got to just stop right there. Now, I understand what he, the last story that he gave was anecdotal. When he's speaking to a person and that person says, well, the backlash against Trump during his presidency and after his presidency was the reason that the pro-life cause was pushed back and abortionists decided to kind of come out in full force to fight against him. Now, it is absolutely ludicrous to say that the only option we have to do is kowtow to the left when they're threatening us. I mean, absolutely ridiculous. Now, again, it was an anecdotal story, so we'll give him a pass, but, but more importantly, Let's address the example that he actually gave in the book, that it deserves conversation to say that politics isn't always the best way to address these things. Well, I do have a question for you. Um, What is the best way to address these things? Sincerely. Uh, Now, I know we need to take personal action. We need to do some things ourselves. We need to support pregnancy resource centers for sure. But quite frankly, if you're a Christian, whatever resource, whatever tool that you have to fight against abortion is a tool that you should take up. And the reality is, is that you cannot support a, a, a a Democratic Party whose policy position right now is essentially abortion on demand. You cannot, you cannot in good conscience call yourself a Christian and say anecdotal story or let's have a conversation about this and, and, and step away from that conversation and think you've done the right thing. The reality is you do whatever is at your disposal to make sure that you defend those who are defenseless. In the case of the Dietrich Bonhoeffer thing, the reality is, as you would say this, that In that circumstance, Dietrich Bonhoeffer did what was necessary for justice. And so the same thing is true here, because it's not like the Bible is saying vote Republican or vote Democrat. No, but what we can do is we can draw implications about the sanctity and the beauty of life. And as a result of that, say, well, which party is going to ultimately lead me to a more logically consistent opinion about abortion? And and obviously the answer to that is it is going to push you further and further to the right. All right. So I want to go a little bit further with this, and I want to I want to show you some things that David Platt has been saying about voting from his pulpit. Different, genuine followers of Jesus will therefore come to different conclusions on the answer to that question. And assuming you are applying God's word as prayerfully and as wisely and as faithfully as you know how to your political decision then we will not break fellowship in Christ. So when Platt suggests that two believers who love Jesus can come up with very, very different viewpoints, what he's actually talking about there is that one can vote Democrat and one can vote Republican. So he's 100% right about this. It is possible for a Christian to come up, uh, Christians to come up with vastly different ideas about who they should vote for, what policies are important, but it doesn't mean that they're right because the reality is is that people are logically inconsistent on a regular basis the biblical honest way of looking at the idea of whether you vote republican or democrat is by simply looking at these two platforms and seeing which one is more conducive to biblical values now we already talked about this a little bit but i'm just going to say the party of genital mutilation 
the party of 70 different genders is not only unbiblical and unscientific, but untrue. And, and the party that stands for abortion on demand is not the party that espouses a Christian viewpoint. And so the reality is this. No, not the Bible doesn't say vote Republican. And it's true that uh, political parties may veer from these policy positions or only hold these policy positions for political purposes. I get it. But the best that we can do if we are going to vote is vote with the party that is most conducive to biblical values. And I'm going to say something that you probably already know I'm going to say. And I'd love to hear you say something about it in the comments section and and come up with a convincing, honest, and intellectual uh, juxtapo juxtaposing view if you can. But so the audacious, but I think the fact-based claim is this, is that if you truly take biblical implications and draw them to their logical conclusion, you are almost always going to find yourself leaning more and more to the right and voting Republican. So yeah, two people can have very different viewpoints about things, but it doesn't mean that they're right or that they're thinking clearly on the subject. All right, so here's the point. At a time where emotions are high, we need deep thinkers who value reason or society will begin to crumble. You may have heard by now that Tucker Carlson, the Fox News host, was visiting a fly fishing store while vacationing and was accosted by a complete stranger for his responsibility in COVID deaths. While the man was berating him, Tucker spoke up and said, hey, be careful, my daughter is right here. The man said, I don't care. And in that same breath, accused Tucker of injuring families. The ironic thing about this conversation is not only that the man was operating under pure conjecture about people Tucker had supposedly influenced, but it was never anything that dawned on the man that he was the one actually injuring a family by attacking a man with his daughter by his side. This man walked away thinking he was noble and even a hero. This kind of hypocritical thinking can only come from a person who is absolutely and emotionally possessed by an ideology. And to be fair, this is all of us at times. It's why I'm a Christian. We need things and people to speak into our life that do not care if they hurt our feelings like the Bible. We all need to be reprogrammed to think as much as we can outside of pure emotion, and God can help with that. If we don't, we will always arrive at the wrong conclusion, no matter how many truths we try to pepper in between. Here's my assertion. Modern-day pastors like David Platt are becoming victims of wading into important subjects that demand nuance with an emotional bias. If you know Platt, this may sound absurd to you because he's always tried to be not that guy. But you need to understand the makeup of Platt's church and the culture of D.C. to understand the pressure David has as a leader. Why else do you allow a staff pastor to make this racist comment without repercussions? Totally honest. Like, so being angry about the situation, but um, it's difficult for me uh, sometimes not to just torch like all white people because in particularly white evangelicals and Christians. Praise the Lord, by the way. That's Mike Kelsey, campus and teaching pastor at one of David Platt's satellite churches. Pray for that dude. I realize this is an emotional time, but we cannot allow our emotions to cloud our judgment. So here's the message. Left-leaning individual, woke pastor, evangelical for Biden, any of you guys out there in those circles, as much as possible, understand your biases and rid yourself of any notion not rooted in reason. Push back against the notion that politics is of little concern when a million babies are aborted every year. That the death of unarmed black men by the police is anything but statistically rare. Or that Jim Crow is still alive today, as our president basically suggests over and over again. 
push back against these emotionally compelling but false narratives. People don't need your emotion as much as they need the truth, and the truth is always, hear me on this, always more powerful than your sympathy. And if nothing else, remember, big earthquakes start off as very small rumblings, so keep lifting your voice in the fight for free speech, for free thought, and for reason. Thanks so much for watching. If you have any thoughts about this, maybe the David Platt situation or just the woke invasion of pulpits in America, or more importantly, how we can get back to healthy conversations, I would love to hear from you. So put that down in the comments section below. You can catch brand new episodes of Indie Thinker with Reed Uberman every Monday and weekly bonus episodes to keep you thinking throughout the week. But you have to subscribe and click the bell to be notified when new episodes drop. If you enjoy this content, make sure to like this video and share it with friends.